You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday to you all. Hope you all are doing great out there in Ute Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on today's episode of Locked On Utes. Brian, obviously, it's week three, and the Utes are getting ready to take on San Diego State. We'll continue what we're calling our Know the Foe, more of like personnel from San Diego State that people need to know ahead of tomorrow's game. What else are we going to cover ahead on the podcast? Well, Jake, there's a rumor floating around the internet that maybe Kyle Whittingham would be done coaching at the University of Utah after this season, so we're going to really debunk that one for everybody and identify why that could be the case, but more likely why it wouldn't be the case. Yeah, so we'll dig into all of that ahead on the show. We'll also catch you guys up on everything else you need to know involving other Ute programs in action this weekend, some of them in action last night. We'll touch on all of that ahead on today's podcast. Quick reminder, though, for you guys, to make sure you check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Cindy Robinson does a great job covering everything in the Pac-12. Get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Brian, obviously, is a co-host of that show fairly often, so Check that out in addition to this one, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, let's get rolling here on a Friday. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for September 17th, 2021. Once again, welcome to the Locked On Utes podcast. Big thank you for joining us here on a Friday edition of the show. I'm Jake Hatch, joined as always by my fearless co-host and dear friend, Brian Brown. Brian, what is up? We made it, Jake. Another week is over. It is Friday. I don't know about you, but this guy is ready to do some hibernating and then get some football going on Saturday. The weeks, they seem to get longer and, and, and busier every single week. Uh, as we march closer and closer to the end of the season. Well, end of the season. We're just getting started here, Brian. We're only at the quarter-term poll right now. That's the scary part, Jake, is you think we're only at the quarter-term poll. You're going to blink, and guess what? It's going to be the Rose Bowl, and Utah's going to be playing there. That's the hope. Okay. That's not a prediction. Do not do not amplify this. Do not oh, uh, it's aggregate this, all, all 16 of you who listen. <laughs> Well, it's going to be aggregated because certain other things are getting aggregated, apparently, <laughs> that we need to discuss. <laughs> Don't but, you be listening, Trojans Wire. Uh, we'll dig into that in a moment here. But a quick reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, I would hope you have. Hit the follow button wherever you're listening in from. Whichever podcast provider you happen to be finding us on, we're free and available on all podcast platforms out there. So make sure you join us every day as we talk th- all things Utes. And I do need to have a, issue a little bit, bit of a mea culpa. I happened to quote a certain other podcast that I hosted yesterday when doing an ad read yesterday. So make sure you put Locked On Utes when you go to our good friends over at Rock Auto instead of Locked On Cougars. Okay? Okay. All right. Now we can move on. All right, Brian. Let's talk a little bit about uh, knowing the foe. Obviously, Utah getting ready to take on San Diego State tomorrow. Hey, by the way, the fact that it's a 5 o'clock kickoff, so it's 4 o'clock Pacific time, that's a great window for Utah. I'm actually very much in favor of where this game landed on the schedule. 
Yeah, I, I think this is if if I were to pick windows that Utah could play all of their games in, it would be that two o'clock, six o'clock window. Five o'clock definitely falls into that slot. Stay away from the noon kicks, the noon thirty kicks. That's coming next week against Washington State. Mm-hmm. If this is news to you, yes, be sure to prepare your brunches accordingly because it's going to be a quick kick uh, against the Cougars a week from to uh, tomorrow. Yep. So. Get yourselves ready for that. Uh, Brian says plan accordingly for that. But this game is an interesting one because obviously we talked yesterday, and if you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, you can, we can dig in more into the the details of why we are concerns for this matchup. But I felt like something we didn't hit on yesterday, we probably need to hit on here, is personnel that you need to know if you're going to watch this game. Players from the Aztecs that you'll want to make sure you are aware of. Uh, first thing is that I mentioned yesterday Jordan Brookshire, the starting quarterback for San Diego State, he was injured in their last game against Arizona, that win over the Wildcats. And it sounds more and more like he will not be available in tomorrow's game, which is actually in some ways uh, a good and a bad thing for San Diego State. His passing efficiency and accuracy is hit or miss seemingly every game. But obviously, when you have a backup quarterback who's relatively unknown, prepping for that can be a little more difficult if you're Utah. It can. I, I think when you have film on a player like uh, uh, Jordan, that that's a, a different game, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Jordan or is it Jordan? Uh, I think I, I've heard both. I'm going with Jordan, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll go with that pronunciation for now. Uh, but like, you at least can plan for what it is that he's done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, you can see what he did against Arizona, the 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 way that he runs the football. You know, kind of look for so some of those nuances. Although, you know, I, I'm starting to think, Jake, that maybe college players don't watch film as intensely as as maybe some of the more veteran football folks out there. Um, but none th- nevertheless, you can still scheme and, and see what he favors, right? And sure. and pick up on some tendencies and whatnot. Yeah. So that, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Lucas Johnson, who's projected to be the starting quarterback if Jordan Brookshire is unavailable. His stats on the season so far: zero completions on one attempt passing, and a grand total of two rushes for 18 yards. So there's a lot of film. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, and and let's be honest, with either of these quarterbacks, it's not the throw game that's going to kill Utah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you may see some interesting fronts, maybe a little bit more of like a 5-2 look for Utah where you're going to press backer up against the line of scrimmage, trying to spread that offense out and and occupy blockers so that your linebackers can flow more freely. Uh, That's the big part about why you would want to go with a five-man front. We've seen Utah do it in the past. It's been with you know mixed successes, but they do have some depth there. And you know, I think the big key for Utah is you have to stop the run early on and be productive on offense. Kyle Whittingham is not going to be patient with this team next week. I can promise that they're going to try and put points on the board early and force San Diego State to throw because they don't want to see Greg Bell run all over everywhere. I was going to say Greg Bell's also a guy you need to know. He's the leading rusher on the season for San Diego State. 38 carries across two games, 286 yards. That comes out to a 7.5 yard per carry average. Season long run, 55 yards, has two touchdowns on the season. And this is a guy who can chew up yardage like nobody's business. He's a senior, he's well seasoned, and Utah, as you mentioned, needs to make sure they contain him if at all possible. They absolutely do. Sorry, Jake, had myself muted there. The uh, the in-season cough is is still trying to wreak havoc 
on me, but I'm trying to save listeners ears. You know, you already have to listen to these obnoxious pipes of mine every day anyways. So we'll try and keep the coughs and the sniffles out of it. But yeah, you, this is, this is the MO of, of San Diego state. And they kind of remind me of, of mountain West version of Utah, tough defense, very active, very physical. They blitz a lot. They rush uh, to the football quickly. They, they attack. There's a lot of speed on the defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball. They want to run it down your throats and they did a really good job of that against Arizona State. Now, if you're telling me which defense is better between Utah and Arizona, or excuse me, Arizona, one of those weeks. Uh, if you're telling, asking me which defense is better between Utah and Arizona's, I'm going to lean towards Utah's. Oh, yeah. uh, I know that after last week, there are some question marks, but you need to remember the biggest statistic from the game from, from the defense was the fact that BYU had 75 plays. Utah only had 40. So BYU was able to go to the well there in the third and the fourth quarter and just wear Utah down. They had a lead. They'd run more plays. That defense was going side to side a lot, trying to – like we talked about trying to hold up on the wide zone. Mm-hmm. That's not really San Diego state's MO as much, right? Like they want to get downhill and Greg bell is a big back, the transfer from uh, Nebraska and they're running against a very talented offensive line. Uh, left tackle Zachary Thomas has been the, uh, the fifth rated uh, offensive tackle, I believe uh, to PFF, right? Correct. Yeah. He's, he's very highly thought of. Uh, so there's talent there. And this is what San Diego State does. They like to run the football. If they can get away with running the football all night long, that's what they're going to do. And I had to mention this on yesterday's podcast. It's the one thing is that Utah cannot afford to get into a game similar to what they did against BYU, where, yeah, they are limited to 40 or 45 plays, whereas a team like San Diego State, they're running 60, 70, even 80 plays potentially. Yeah, and, and a couple stats for our stat heads out there that I think people enjoy. San Diego State is 49-2 and two in the last 51 times. It's rushed for over 200 yards, but also they are 66-15 uh, and 15 since 2011 when committing one turnover or less. So those are two keys that I think Utah really struggled with last week that we're going to need to see some improvement. So if you're one of those people uh, that gets nervous about things, that's what, you know, I'm not going to try and caught, walk anybody off the ledge right now, Jake. We're in we're in full on uh, IDK mode over here, right, <laughs> with the shrug emoji. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what this Utah team is yet. There's only been two games, and I'm not going to reassure anybody until I see them show up after some adversity and fight back. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. A couple other players you guys need to be aware of as Utah fans. Leading receiver, maybe the best receiving option for San Diego State is their tight end, Daniel Bellinger. It's that bit really been that week. Daniel Bellinger, he has four receptions on the season, 123 yards. That's a healthy average of 30.8 yards per reception, Brian. Uh, season long is 73, obviously, will uh, give you that inflated number. Has one touchdown on the year. And then flipping over to the defense, we're – if you guys will recall, San Diego State still runs that 3-3-5 that Rocky Long brought to Montezuma Mesa. They bring pressure from everywhere, and they will bring it every single down. You would expect, if you're Utah, you're going to see blitzes every single play, so be aware of that. Patrick McMorris is their leading tackler on the year with 11 total tackles. Caden McDonald, one of their linebackers, leads the team with two and a half sacks. And as a team through two games, Brian, they have garnered nine total sacks. So this is a team who just brings pressure from all over the place, and they've been effective getting after the quarterback. Yeah, and and this is what Utah's uh, 
their their task ahead of them really is right now is is can they adjust the offense to get rid of the ball quick, mm-hmm. get the ball out to some of their playmakers and and try and uh, try and wear down this San Diego State defense because if they have to get into third and long situations, we've already seen it. Utah's not good on third down conversion so far this year, so stay away from that as much as you can. But let's be honest, Jake, like they still have seen a lot of success in the run game. Utah has had some success offensively. They just have to maintain drives. That's the bottom line. Yeah, hold on to the ball and maintain your drives. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in the past defense category for San Diego State, eight pass breakups on the season so far, four interceptions. So this is a defense who likes to attack, and they will harass you all night long. I'm with you, Brian. Get the ball out quickly. Get it to your playmakers and let them make the plays and sustain those drives. Those are big keys to a victory tomorrow night. We'll do more of our predictions a little later on in today's show. Keep people on the hook a little bit here. All right, coming up here in just a minute, though, we do need to talk about a – call it an internet rumor. Is that what we're going to call it? Speculation. Speculation. Okay, we'll dig Baseless in. speculation. Baseless speculation. All right, we'll dig into that in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Brian, you and I are huge fans of this. Uh, we just recently received a box of the Cookie Dough Crunch, and uh, I'm looking forward to digging into this. The best part about Built Bars is every single one of them I've had, and I've probably had hundreds at this point since they started advertising with this year, every single one of them is absolutely delicious. That's what I love about them. They just keep hooking us, Jake. I've had the cookie dough crunch or uh, chunk before, and it is delicious. Uh, crunch or chunk, I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. Just go get it when they offer it online because it has actual chunks of cookie dough in it. It comes on that regular cookies and cream, or maybe it's whatever their soft bed is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a delicious treat, like you said. But the best part about it, we know the macros on this thing. You're going to get 17 grams of protein, under 200 calories, less than five grams of sugar, less than five grams of net carbs. It's going to fit that Jake Hatch diet. You know, you can have one, maybe not two or three, but you can at least have one. They've been a big part of me losing weight roots, and I can tell you that much. So, guys, check it out. As Brian mentioned, they're all tasty and they're all healthy. Get to Built.com right now. Place your order and use the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there for 15% off your order. It's a great way to save some money while you're enjoying the best-tasting protein bars in the world. So, once again, promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com and get enjoying the best-tasting protein bars with Built Bar. All right, Brian. Um, I'm reticent most of the time to talk about everything that's thrown out on the internet, but when you have multiple people talking about a certain topic, I guess it's worth addressing. So, Trojan Wire, which is a USA Today fan site, has a post up that says that Kyle Whittingham could retire as soon as the end of this upcoming season. Let's discuss that. Where should we start? Well, I think we should start at the source of the uh, article, meaning where the information Originated. was garnered. Yeah. Uh, Trojans Wire, let's talk a little bit about that too, right? Like it's an extension of the USA Today Um family Mm -hmm. but a lot of these things sb nation has done it before uh as sports illustrated mavens trying to do it a little bit these are fan run sites for the most part some journalists do run them but they are trying to generate content and build value uh through clicks and page views and and copious amounts of what you would term are clickbait yeah and that's you know, that that's the, the difficulty of trying to be a journalist nowadays, Jake, is there's just not a lot of jobs out there to pay uh, journalists, and so they have to go stoop to some really um, 
less less exciting measures to get those page views, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just okay. I get that there are people out there who wonder when Kyle Whittingham is going to finish his run at Utah. And I will freely admit, I do not expect that Kyle Whittingham is going to be at Utah, I would say, within five years. I think he'll he'll have retired, and obviously he has that deal in his contract. He becomes an ambassador, essentially, for 10 years after he ultimately steps down from his position. But... To speculate or to go out there and say that this is the year he's done after this season, you apparently have talked to some people that Brian and I have no access to, or you know something that Brian and I have heard nothing of at this point. Yeah, I look. I, you know, I'm I'm not trying to uh, rob anybody's thunder, and and we know a lot of the people that uh, are on the No Truck Stop podcast. Shout out to uh, Matthew Nighthawk. Um, Avery and everybody else on, on there. Um, this was speculation on their part, right? Yeah. And, and some of it may have been through conversations that, you know, maybe they've overheard from people close to the program, but there's nothing definitive about this. Kyle Whittingham is not out there prepping people for this. There's no kind of, uh, vibe, uh, from those who are close to the program that we normally get those kinds of circumstances. You remember last year, there was a little bit of a, a, a whisper out there that, Chris Koviak was maybe thinking about stepping down uh, from the program. And, and sure enough, there was a move made, uh, not exactly Larry stepping down as much as it was Mark Harlan uh, showing him out, um, you know, but usually there's some stuff that comes from, from chatter, right? Yes. Like we usually have a pretty good idea. This one kind of comes out of nowhere. And I think some of it is just, we have to we have to reset what we're talking about here because I think the biggest thing is that we on the outside simply don't understand what everybody went through with COVID, right? And how difficult that was on programs. They went through the ringer. There's no doubt, and we all went through the ringer. Let me be clear. I'm not trying to say that the rest of us out the, out here in quote unquote normal society didn't have our own issues, but within these football programs, they absolutely went through it last year, and I think it took a lot out of a lot of different people. So the things, yeah, yeah the things that make football great and, and make those jobs worth the 80, 100 hour grinds were gone. There wasn't team interaction. There wasn't good road trip camaraderie that you, can you imagine getting ready to play a game in 12 hours beforehand? Oh, nope. You've got to cancel. Uh, and, and then having to deal with the fact that you're going to quarantine 20 some odd players in a hotel for 14 days and trying to figure that out, trying to inform parents, the, the total tonnage of everything that Utah had to go through last year and programs across the country that we never got to see, never heard about because it was never discussed because guess what? Nobody could ever go to practice and talk to anybody in person and get some of that stuff. And this is the hard part for fans, right? Stuff that's set on the record has to be, has to be ironclad it has to be very carefully thought about and it has to be very carefully vetted by the person who's talking otherwise in, in today's modern times as trojans wire is, is proving it's just going to get aggregated and blown out into you know a variety of of situations but those off the record conversations can occur and do occur because hey look coaches as much as as much as anyone love to talk and they love to vent you know yep uh, let me let me add one thing to this and I don't think, and why well, actually, okay, not, I don't think. I know that Kyle Whittingham is not a lifer for the position. He is not going to be coaching Utah when he's seventy years old. I, I will go on the record. I will say that. 
As you mentioned, I have not heard from people that I typically probably would have heard from on stuff like this, that this is the year Kyle Whittingham's done. The one thing I think Kyle Whittingham, the one thing he still wants to accomplish as head coach of Utah is he wants to lead him to the Pac-12 title game and he wants to lead him to the Rose Bowl. If he accomplishes either of those things, I think at that point Kyle might be really be considering, okay, I think I've done everything I wanted to accomplish here and now maybe I can hang it up. Yeah, and, and look, I think the other part of this, too, is just like you, you put everything together, the loss of Ty Jordan. Maybe Kyle Whittingham is working through some of his feelings and some of his emotions from all that right now. And maybe he, you know, he was as upbeat and positive at practice as we've ever seen him, you know. So let's let's pump the brakes on some of that talk. But, but also, like, this is a very conflicting time for that guy. The other part of it, too, is like Kyle Whittingham's not going anywhere unless he has something uh, strategized ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so now you've got this open USC job. Uh, Chris Peterson has gone on TV and, and done what I think is a pretty, pretty, I'm going to say admirable job, like considering who Chris Peterson was and how little we got out of him before, you know, Urban Meyer has done it. So, so if there's a position that maybe opens up, that Kyle Whittingham would want to transition into TV or maybe some sort of administrative role. Who knows? Um, you know, I think there's something in his contract, a clause that he has uh, if he stays so long that he, or, or if he retires with Utah, he he gets a, a position in the athletic department. Um, that's all, you know, that's all got to come into, this is Kyle Whittingham we're talking about, right? Like this is not a dude that's going to retire without a plan. He's going to have things strategized and organized. And right now I don't see a whole lot on the horizon to where he would make that exit immediately after this season, barring accomplishing a lot of what you just said, right? Like I think if all of a sudden you win a Rose Bowl, you, you, you win a Pac-12 championship, you do all this stuff, maybe at that point you look at things and say, okay, now's the time to go, right? I'm going to ride off into the sunset and, and figure things out down the road. But if that doesn't happen, I, I just can't compartmentalize Kyle Whittingham, the most organized, disciplined guy who's never missed a workout in 10,000 years, dude, just being like, eh, you know what? I'm out. Deuces. I'm going to go surf. Yeah, he's not he's not waking up one morning and being like, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to retire. That's just not him. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, look – time comes for everybody right like like the bill always comes due in in whatever circumstance or or part of life that you're living in right you know so you have the option to get come to it you know to to part with things on your terms or to let father or or grandmother time take it away from you whatever you want to call it uh but this i think is a little bit of a different circumstance because i don't think that kyle whittingham uh, to me, is is that far down the road of like, okay, I, I need to start making my plans. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that Kyle Winningham, as you mentioned, has a plan in mind, but only he really knows when he'll ultimately execute it. So, I think we'll just leave it there for now, right? Yeah, and and listen, like if that's something that starts whispering out, look look to the people who really do know these things, right? The Steve Bartles, the Josh Furlongs, the Josh Newmans, uh, the Jake Hatches, the Brian Browns. You know, I I I'm not one to flaunt, you know, to peacock on here and and flaunt my feathers. <laughs> But we've had some pretty good ideas of what's happened here. And, and, you know, like when everybody was saying it's going to be Alex Jensen, we kind of knew it wasn't. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say that I know everything, but there are 
hints and things like that that we we we, we talk to people. You know, we're pretty good at. We we do a lot of talking. You mean we we like to talk a bit? We hear the whispers. Let's just put it that yes. way. Yes. Yes. So, yes. We'll find out. Uh, maybe. And by the way, if we end up being completely wrong, feel free to reference back to this podcast yeah. and roast yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to eat a, a plate of crow. You know, but like Jake, if you've ever heard the wolf cry to the newborn moon. Thank you, Paul. Or ask the, you, you know, it, it's those whispers, you know, that's, that's what we do. Is, the whispers in the wind, that, baby. Yeah. And so that's what we do. There's we paint no, with all the colors of the trees. There we go. Bob Ross reference. I, this has been a good podcast, man. Happy right. trees. Happy, happy clouds. Trees. Happy Kyle Whittingham's. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. There's no doubt happy about Happy flashing use. There, there we go. All right. Well, coming up next, we'll talk about the other teams in action this weekend from the University of Utah, women's soccer, women's volleyball. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about another good friend of ours over at Bet Online, Brian. Of course, it's football season, and Bet Online is the number one place for all your pro and college football action this season. The new website is absolutely phenomenal. Their interface is even better with even more odds, props, and contests, if you can believe it. BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for all things football. Yeah, Jake, this is money-making season, right? We're coming into Christmas. Everybody's going to want to get those gifts. you got to start now because shipping is out of control. We don't even know if we're getting stuff from China this year or not. Who knows? Things are in chaos. You know what you need to do? You need to secure that bag by by making all this football watching y'all are doing profitable and by going and checking out some of the the magic that's happening over at betonline.ag you know it's super easy to sign up they just redid the uh interface there super easy to find those uh that action that you're looking for you can do it from your mobile device your computer and the best part about it is if, if you got a promo code over there, you can get a little extra cheddar to throw out there and really make things pop. Yeah, they've got a huge... Get yourself a Tickle Me Elmo, Jake. Tickle Me Elmo. That, I remember that. That was absolutely a phenomenon. There's no doubt about that. But head to the website right now, guys. They have a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit for free just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that. It's all courtesy of our friends over at Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. Before we go here on the podcast, of course, want to keep you guys up to speed on everything else involving the Utes. And let's start off with a tough loss for the number 10 women's volleyball program. They had their in-state battle against BYU, who's ranked 15th down there in Provo at the Smith Fieldhouse, Brian. And a bit of a stunner, Utah falls in straight sets to the Cougars. Yeah, this was a surprise coming off of a big victory over Nebraska earlier in uh, last week. Uh, but when you look at the statistics, Jake, it was an off night for Danny Cruz, just not up to her normal standards. And that happens even to the best of athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, seven kills for her. On the flip side of it, uh, former Ute transfer uh, down to Provo, Kenzie Kerber, the one that put the stake in the heart of, of the Utah volleyball team. Uh, you hate to see it if you're a Utah fan. I'm sure BYU fans are just uh, soaking this one up. Yeah, they are. Obviously, whenever they can beat Utah and they beat them for the second time in a week, uh, BYU fans are going to be having a field day. But as you mentioned, everybody has an off day, and hopefully the women's volleyball program will be able to get uh, back into the win column very quickly here. Better news for the women's soccer program, though. They went to Logan to take on Utah State and got out of Derryville with a 2-1 victory over the Aggies. Yeah, that's a big one for them, you know, because I think that Utah State uh, soccer team is actually pretty good. Uh, all of the in-state soccer teams really are are, are very good uh, when you consider things here. It's a very strong soccer state, and to be able to go up there, 
road game. I'm not going to say hostile environment because it's, you know, like Logan still has a creamery, right? Like they do ice cream, chocolate milk. It sounds pretty welcoming to me, but good to get those two goals, especially good to do it there in the second half. Uh, Courtney Talbot notching the, the game winner there in the 83rd minute. Good for her. Uh, Taliana Kafusi, good to see her getting back on the sheet mm-hmm. with a, uh, with a shot on goal and a goal, um, you know, credit to, uh, Credit to them for going up there and getting the job done. Yeah, so obviously a nice win for them. And then the final thing before we go today, Brian, is that officially the Utah Running Utes men's basketball non-conference schedule has been revealed, but I think we've known essentially for months now what it was going to be. Am I wrong in that? Like I just I felt like this is more of a, a non-announcement announcement. Yeah, this is the old, uh, hey, guess what? Nothing's going to happen, so just go ahead and stop. Uh, but we're going to leave the window open just in case something does. You know, this is this is me on a Friday night trying to get a date uh, announcement, Jake. Oh, jeez. We can get you a date. Trust me, Brian. I mean, that's not that hard. <laughs> this is the guy who's married. Sheesh. It took me long enough to get married. I Trust me. I... Maybe I'm talking because he's spending my Friday nights watching high school football. That's my problem. Uh, well, the thing is, I, I'm now married, so I now I go call high school football games just you know just to keep myself busy. I guess I don't know. <laughs> that was a critical step that I skipped. Is <laughs> you're supposed to get married first and then call the high school games. <laughs> it's all right, but stamps tonight. I was way off. Yeah, nonetheless, uh, they have ten games in the non-conference schedule, six of which will be at the Huntsman Center. Uh, and they did uh, mention in the release they do have an open slot or two pending a game potentially popping up that they can add to the conference slate. The most recent one is the home and home series with TCU. It's long been rumored that is official. I think it's a pretty decent non-conference schedule, all things considered, though, Brian. Yeah, it's as good as they could put together, and this new staff is very hungry to put together a really strong non-conference schedule. That was one of the big uh, points of emphasis, and I think it's really critical for the program going forward to schedule strongly in the non-conference. We've seen that the Pac-12 is, has done something that I think is actually a great idea because the Pac-12 basketball is, is really getting strong out there, Jake, especially with what UCLA was able to do last year, uh, making that Final Four run. One bucket away from a national championship appearance, that's... Just even thinking about that's insane. When you were the play-in game, that's wild. Uh, but stopping the sidetracking here, because we are all about no truck stops on this uh, this podcast. Um, like they've got to be sure that they've got that non-conference scheduled well, and you've got the uh, the non-con uh, the quadrant ones. We'll call them in USC and Cal. Uh, the rest of it is what really matters, you know. And it, we've seen that the selection committee and everything else involved with the NCAA has left Utah in the cold a few times because they didn't have enough of those quadrant one or two uh, games. Just period, which I think is really dumb. That's just my own personal opinion, and I know everybody else out there is going to argue, well, you know, you need to have crossovers non-conference. Like, the, the thing that should matter in college basketball should be every conference game should be a, you know, a, a do or die. That's just my opinion because you want to have that non that conference schedule and that street stretch from December to March be really, really valuable so that when March Madness rolls around, like, you're really getting the the, the best product in there. Yeah, no doubt about it. So look at that going. Tuesday, November 9th, the opener against Abilene Christian University from the newly formed WAC. And obviously, they'll be playing in Daytona Beach. They also have a home date against BYU. Some fun games there in the non-conference schedule. And if they do add a game or two, we'll be sure to update you guys as we go along. All right, that's going to do it for this edition. Looking forward to recapping whatever happens on the gridiron tomorrow night in Carson, California. But, Brian... 
Leave us with some parting words of wisdom, if you don't mind. Jake, just remember, when you're painting your sky, make sure it's plenty high. I like that. Well done. Well done. Words of wisdom, no doubt about that, from the brown bear himself. Hope you guys all have a great weekend. Of course, we'll be back with you guys next week talking all things Utes. And join the show on social media all the time, Locked on Utes. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC. Follow myself at Jacob C. Hatch. And until next time, this has been the Locked on Utes podcast for September 17th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys on Monday.